Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Travel Tales Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Siegel. Don't want to waste too much time. Got a full episode here with my guest, Kirsten Rich. Um, if you want to subscribe on iTunes, it's free. The best price ever. So you can go to our website at TravelTalesPodcast.com. There's an iTunes link. You just click on that and subscribe for free. And while you're on iTunes, I know I sound like a broken record, folks, but please give us a good rating. Add some stars. Give us a bunch of stars. Maybe say a few nice things. That boosts our presence, helps people find the show, which is always a good thing. Like I said, the website is TravelTalesPodcast.com. You can write me at Mike at TravelTalesPodcast.com. We are on Twitter at TravelTalesPod, so follow us on there. Now, let's get right to it with the blonde abroad, Kirsten Rich. Enjoy. Welcome to the Travel Tales Podcast. I'm here with Kirsten Rich. Did I say that right, Kirsten? <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> you right? You get the Kirsten, the Kirsten, the you've probably gotten everything over yep, the years. Everything in between. <laughs> so Kirsten, would that be German? It's yeah, I think Scandinavian descent. Mm-hmm. But. Okay. <laughs> you are the blonde abroad. That's me. The blonde abroad. Now talk me through it. I came across your website. Mm-hmm. Tell everybody what it what it means, why you started it, and what the purpose was of the the blonde abroad. Well, to avoid going off on too much of a tangent, because that's so easy <laughs> We're to all do. about the tangents here. <laughs> so, um, I mean, basically, I, I left my job. I was working in corporate finance um, in Los Angeles right after I finished college. So I was 21. Um, I had worked all through college. I was just so, like, set on being this young professional woman. And that was all I could think about. It was my entire focus through college. So, you know... You never drift from that goal, right? I'm just one of those people. <laughs> so by the time I actually was in LA, in that environment, I realized how wrong I was about what I really wanted in life. And I think that's something that a lot of people might share in common with me. I didn't realize that really. I felt so like, oh, I'm the only one who does this. Why am I leaving my job? You know, there's so much potential here. You well, hear you that seem, all the time. <laughs> yeah, well, you see, you have found out earlier than most people. Yes. A lot of people, it takes like 20 years of sitting behind a desk and they go, wait a minute, I hate this. Well, and I think a lot of those people who do wait um, I felt a lot of criticism on my end, like I didn't give it a chance or something. Right. You know, well, we wait. You, <laughs> you know, didn't give it a chance. You're 21. You shouldn't be leaving your job. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, well, I don't like it. Maybe I should do something now before it's too late type of thing. Yeah. How much of a chance are you supposed to give it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There is no. Should I buy a house first me. and then hate it? Yeah. Maybe a few kids and then I'll yeah, my Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, you know, I left and, and, um, you know, I don't really, I haven't really blogged about this little part, so here first. Oh, but my first exclusive, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Exclusive, yeah. The actual reason I even thought to first go to Australia was that um, my boss's wife was an ex-Raiders cheerleader, and so my background also was dancing and performing, and she had an opportunity for me to go to Indonesia and work in a, um, sort of like a Disneyland, you know, as a song and dance performer. And she wanted me to put together a dance team. So I was so excited. I was all on board. I'd sent over my paperwork, my passport, everything. I was ready to go to Indonesia and go and like live and work in Indonesia. Now, was this in Jakarta or? Yep. Oh, so now, I heard I've been to Bali, but I I've heard Jakarta. Been to Bali too. I heard Jakarta's a little rough. So, you know, I, I was just so excited about this new change in life. You know, it was so exciting. I'd only traveled once before outside of the country. So, you know, here's this huge opportunity to have. My life turned upside down and it all fell through. So my heart was oh. just so set on going. Um, I had some friends in Australia and I was like, you know what? I'm still going to go. So it was just kind of following through with this mentality. I didn't want to just give up and start applying again for another job in finance. Left on a summer around the world and um, blogged every day for about 90 days. Not on the Blonde Abroad, but just kind of in a journal. And then... Um, Shortly thereafter, the whole concept came up and everyone everyone would refer to me, hey, Blondie, all over the world. Maybe they can't <laughs> say my name right, but they make jokes about your hair color, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, it's the irony of the whole thing, you know, like, oh, this blonde American girl, but yet my background and all these things I wanted to be. And I kind of just let it all, like, I don't care what people think of me or say, I can play right along with it. And sure, I am blonde <laughs> and whatever. <laughs> so it just kind of, I felt like it was a really exciting opportunity to share my story with people and you know my travel stories um and it just kind of blew up really quickly i had no idea that people were even reading <laughs> my, my <laughs> stories 
Um, and I would just get emails like every day from people. How do you do this? And, and I loved answering these questions and helping these people. And, you know, when you start hearing like people say, oh, you're my inspiration. I, you, it's, I, I was totally there and I want to do what you do. <laughs> it just kind of keeps motivating you to keep going. So, so where did it go from just starting this blog and how long before people, um, re- when it really started to, to take off, like uh, at um, the end of that first trip? Well, I didn't start the Blonde Abroad until this year, okay. so I was still traveling. I spent the summer abroad. I went to, um, I did another trip all based on charity to Peru in last Christmas. So, um, you know, I just kept it going. I just was like, I love traveling. I don't want to stop. How do I keep <laughs> doing this? So I'd come home and, you know, work little odd in jobs here and there that I could save as much money as I could and then leave again. Um, got well, rid of my... Well, go ahead. Go I would say I got rid of my place in LA and, you know moved home and leave this and feeling. leave show business i know right oh no it's just that it's funny when you meet people from other countries and you know like especially like places like spain and madrid and stuff they still live with their parents they live with their parents till yeah, it's like very 30. common it's yeah, really yeah, common yeah. but there's this american stigma of staying and living at home that people are, you know maybe people don't always have the opportunity I, yeah i get that but you know i had just been like as soon as i turned six well 17 I was out of the house. I moved out really early because I was just like this independence and like <laughs> yeah. it means moving away from your parents. That's independence. But it's like we have these huge skewed, you know, ideas of what success and independence are. And I just maybe learned it really young. But, you know, if that's sort of what I just kept running with this, like going against everything I ever knew. Right. And that was just sort of my my mission at the time. And also, not only are uh, kids more encouraged to leave the house in yeah. this country, but we also, we're like the only country that I, I've seen around that really kind of puts their parents in like homes, you know, sends <laughs> the, them to old folks' the homes. And, yeah, and no, everybody yeah. just, families just live together. And it's yeah. just very strange yeah. to. The family dynamic to, is very unique here. And I think, you know, a lot of people do have very close knit families yeah. here, but the dynamic is very different all over the world. Wealth has a lot to do with it. I mean, very few people around the world can afford to live alone in, in their own yeah. place and that kind of thing, too. But uh, there's still that independent yeah. spirit that America has. Strike it out on your own, yeah. man. Well, and even for me to say, oh, yeah, I moved back in with my parents. I don't, I mean, I have no problem with that. But maybe yeah, but you're some very other young, people so might feel. If you were 45, it would look yeah. a little weird. You're still sitting young, behind yeah. playing World you're still of Warcraft in, early in mom's basement. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Did I, I mention this is my parents' house? <laughs> that's kind of weird. <laughs> Um, so let's start at the beginning yeah. then. Well, let's go to, uh, you're from outside of San Diego. Yep. Just outside small town. Grew up on a farm. Right. <laughs> on a I'm farm? Like, yeah. I had a horse, chickens, the whole lot. Yeah. I in, was a country girl. No way. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I mean, as country as you can get being in California. In California. But if you're over an hour from Southern the beach. California too. Yeah. Yeah. Then you're technically, you know, from the valley. So <laughs> yeah, I grew up. Grew up on acreage out in the countryside near wine, the wine country in Southern California. Oh, did you grow uh, grapes? Uh, my family didn't, but we were like surrounded by vineyards. So, okay. you know, that was the, the fun thing to do, hide and seek in the vineyards. Okay. So. Yeah, and a very unique upbringing. Right, right, you know? right. Very grateful for it. <laughs> That's but, great. Yeah. So a blonde girl from California. Yeah. What wow. are the odds? Who would have thought? Never seen it. <laughs> Whatever. Um, so <laughs> you kind of stayed in this. How much traveling did you do as a kid? None. No, so no. your parents weren't into it? My mom's never left the country. Really? <laughs> yeah. So I actually, I, my family, I was raised very conservative Christian. We were the, you know, we lived, me and my brother shared a room until I was eight. We lived really modestly. Um, like I said, out in the countryside, we went to church like five days a week. Um, dad played in the church band. Mom was a youth minister. All these things, you know. And now they see you on a bikini around <laughs> yeah. the world. I'm so, at the full moon party, man. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. That's what I've been missing out on. Um, so, you know, I just grew up very, sh- you know, sheltered in a way that I didn't even know I was. Um, so do, you th- once- do you think that kind of, <clears throat> I'm sorry to interrupt, but do you think that kind of youth was like even pushed you farther out into the, like gave you an extra little I think curiosity to see yeah, other things? I think I was always a very curious kid and it was sort of misdiagnosed as being a nuisance or troublesome maybe. <laughs> I like to think I was just very adventurous and curious. Uh, <laughs> so you went away to college. That was your first time, really. You yeah, went. I think, I, you know, and even my parents, you know, it was, I lived in a very laissez-faire home. Like, aside from the religious aspect of it, uh, I never had a curfew, any of those things. I just wasn't, like, in the crowd that got into trouble. You know, I wasn't seeking those things. I was always very studious. I loved learning. So college was an option for me. My parents said, you can go to college, but you're paying for it. 
or you can get a job and work. You know, those are your options. That's we. I never even knew to apply. I never applied to college. I didn't know how to do it. <laughs> I, I'm not kidding you. <laughs> wow. So you know, um, I went from high school to a community college, and um, I that was all I knew was it was just an extension of high school. As far as I was concerned, I didn't understand the four year or that you could apply and go to another school outside of your hometown. Yeah, we used to call it uh, high school with sofas and ashtrays. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There you go. So, that was the big difference. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, and it was the opportunity to move outside of my parents' home. Yeah. So they said, well, if you go to community college, you know, you, they tried, they basically discouraged me from going to a four-year because I'd be paying for it and they didn't want me to, you know, end up in serious debt yeah. because college, Well, nobody does that in this country. Yeah. Right. So another <laughs> thing you learn, oh my gosh, oh, yeah. college is so expensive. I could be $100,000 in debt or not. Yeah. And I think also it's, it was just, that was one of the first lessons I learned in money management and so went away to a went away by moving out an hour away <laughs> to go to a local college. Um, it's still a big step, though. It is a big step, you know, moving out for the first time when you're that young. You know, you learn a lot about in the yourself big city. and other people. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, well, it was good for you. Though. It was very good. So uh, I decided I got a, my job right out of high school, and I was working in a legal and um, financial advisory firm. So I had a really awesome mentor. Through all of college, I worked with two separate firms, and I had always had these amazing mentors. But again, it was like they were like, "You're smart. You should study business." And I was like, "Yeah, but I want to be do nutrition, and I want to be a personal trainer." That was actually what my major was was <laughs> nutrition. And then, you know, finally they said, "Well, you can do that always later, but study business because at least you'll have the tools to build something for yourself, and you can own your own business or something." So best advice I ever got. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To be honest, you know, and it maybe finance wasn't my passion and still obviously isn't but i learned a lot about you know money management yeah and, and i agree you always like have that. it that stuff you and even in whatever business you go into mm-hmm. say you want to open up a personal training business exactly it's still you're going to use those skill marketing travels to anything even the, your or website <laughs> yeah right your website it's a business yeah so you know i and i think you know sharing a story like that to see where you have this pressure to be successful and you know i sh- oh well if if everything would have gone to my plan, you know, I would still be working in finance, living in LA, living beyond my means, most likely until I was about 30 when I had put in the 10 years. And, you know, it's the same story. God laughs at our plans. Yeah. So, (laughs) so, you know, it's like, how do you sort of maybe think outside the box a little bit? And what am I really good at? Well, I've always been creative. I've always been, you know, good at storytelling and I love to travel and these are things people like to do. So why not share it with people and see where it goes? So... Okay, you decide to uh, start the website. You go uh, to, let's go back to Australia. Okay. So you go to Australia, you went up into Southeast Asia? So, yeah. Thailand, you did the whole deal? Thailand, Cambodia, Vietnam, and Bali. Okay, I've been to all those. And then Which one did you like the best? Ooh. I kind of got a sweet spot for Cambodia. Yeah? <laughs> which, is, which is, you know, maybe sounds weird, but I had just kind of a, I had gone off on my own. And it was the first really, like, solo travel experience and somewhere like Cambodia, where you should be maybe a little scared, according to what people back home tell you. And I just found everyone all over Southeast Asia. It was just so nice. But Cambodia just has this really sweet charm to it and really lovely people. I was only in Sim Reap, where uh, Angkor yeah. Wat was, but I didn't go to Phnom Penh. Yeah. How was that? The The capital is beautiful. It's, um, it's a big city. It's really bustling. But I met a lot of expats there, and they all, you know, a lot of people will go there for work. So I met some really lovely like New Zealand um, families and Australian families living there and they kind of showed me around a bit and then went down to the south to Kep and Kampot and um, you know there's there's obviously more political stuff going on there um, that's not to be just kind of ignored or anything but right. my experience there was really great in uh, Thailand of course yeah Thailand's great. I'd like to do Thailand differently the next time I go but I will obviously be going back because I love it so much which way did you do it this way I did the the party island okay. thing, you know. Co P and then you did uh, the full moon party on Copenhagen. Okay, so yeah. now that <clears throat> by the time I got there, I've been to Koh Samui a couple times. Okay, and I never made it out to there. I went diving around Koh P, but I never went to the full moon party. By the time I got out there, I was a little old for the, uh, the full moon party. Yeah. I think. I think, and, and the thing is too for me, I just I don't do well in the backpacker environment. I kind of. I don't like the bar scene. I, I still want to feel culture, which is sort of where the parts of like the, the islands in, in Thailand, you really lose the culture a bit. 
a lot. Well, and, yeah, yeah. And that's to be had all over the world. Um, but it is such a popular tourist destination for the 18 to 20 somethings and they want to yeah. party and yeah, do the, the hostel drunken thing. Aussies there. Yeah. So to, you know, to be honest, the, I didn't drink the entire time I was in Thailand. I had, when I went to the full moon party, really? yes, I, I'm not kidding. I had a really low key, awesome experience in Thailand. Um, so even in like Koh Phi and stuff, I, we stayed up in the, you know, the lookout point is we stayed up in a bungalow up in the mountainside. I was in bed. Like I watched, I looked down on the half moon party and like waved. I was, <laughs> I just, I really was like in love with the, the Thai people and the, the food. Oh my God. The food's the best. <laughs> I, I eat like love an idiot. spicy food. I eat like just... an idiot when I'm there. <laughs> yeah. Did you, yeah. Just let go of yeah, all inhibitions because there's no way you can fight it. Yeah. It's delicious. Oh. <laughs> Think about it right now. Did you get to Singapore? Speaking of food, I went to the airport a few times. Oh, if you love food, you got to go to. Yeah. you, you got to hang out in Singapore. The so, city itself isn't that exciting. Yeah, but the uh, the food. Oh. Yeah, good. They have these well, the hawker centers, which uh, you probably heard about them. They're basically these big outdoor food courts that are all over the city and you just go there and you can just have it's like the best of all Asian cuisine. There's Indian, there's Chinese, there's Thai, there's Malay, there's everything you want all in one place and you just go from booth to booth to booth and I'll have duck over at that guy and then I'll have uh, frog legs over here and then I'll have my Thinking you know you go to Singapore. Yeah, tandoori <laughs> over here and it's just like it's great. Yeah. It's great. So I, that's, I wanna, that's pretty much all there is to do yeah. but it's worth it for a few days <laughs> yeah. to eat. I want more time in Southeast Asia. I'll be back. That's for sure. Yeah. Did you get up into Northern Thailand? No, that was why. Oh, I really Chiang Mai. Go back. You didn't get up there. No. Oh. And I didn't really even know about it. This was before I was really involved in the travel community. I didn't really go looking for the information. I just kind of got lost. Let things happen mm-hmm. the way they should, you know. And uh, after I left, I, they were like, "Oh, you didn't go to Chiang Mai." I was like, "What is this Chiang Mai place? Everyone keeps talking about. It. Sounds <laughs> I awesome." Really gotta get, I got to get a map. <laughs> you know. So that's that was sort of how I've developed now that I've started becoming more involved, you know, with blogging and travel and the industry and everything, you, your, uh, your horizon just broadens. Yeah. And you hear about all these cool <laughs> yeah. places. You're going, wow, that sounds great. I didn't great. even know that I existed. I got to check that out. Yeah. That's how I ended up in, uh, Luang Prabang. Okay. Laos. Never heard of it, but I talked to somebody who just come back from there and they're like, well, you got to go to this place. And it's, it was great. Yeah. And you hadn't, you hadn't made it up that far? I didn't. I was by myself. You would love it. So it was like, do I go to Vietnam as, and spend as much time there as possible or cut my Vietnam trip short and spend a couple of days and hope for the best in, yeah. in Laos? So, um, you know, I'd heard about the, the tubing and these things. And I was kind of deterred because I'm like, I don't want to go there by myself and maybe not have the experience that I would. Well, Luan Prabang, I went there solo too. So, and yeah. it was like, the only downside of it, as it is in a lot of uh, tropical places, you're there alone and it's like the most romantic place <laughs> ever. And I'm walking along this beautiful times. river and then these lights <laughs> twinkling and these little cafes over the river yeah. and these couples there. And I'm just like, oh. Biggest downside to solo travel are like when you find those most beautiful places yeah. and you're like, well... Damn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bali's a little bit like that too, yeah. and then uh, any kind of island, sure. I mean, yeah. Maui. Hell, Maui's like that. You know, you go there and it's like honeymooners holding hands everywhere, and you're like, uh, this is not a party Sip place. Sipping your beer, kind of. <laughs> yeah. Try not to look angry. Yeah, you guys look nice. You guys, congratulations. Yeah, so cute. Let me take your picture. You know what? Yeah. Like, come and, on. I'm and they're here. all back in their own hotel rooms by nine o'clock. And you're like, oh. Just me and the bartender hanging out here talking. So how you doing? Yeah. <laughs> so I just did uh, two weeks in Vietnam okay. last year. How did you like it? That was my second time there. I went to Hanoi the first time. Okay. I love I love Hanoi. Yeah. But, um, I did like start in Hanoi this yeah. time and went all the way down to To be honest, um, Vietnam didn't really, didn't really do that much for me. People either love it or hate it. It's really interesting. I want to do it again. And I, I keep saying this because I'll never say, oh, I don't like a country. I mean, come on. You know, that's just yeah. me being ignorant. But um, I did only go to the main sort of big cities. So I did, you know, Halong Bay. I did Hoi An, Hanoi, um, you know, those sort of things. And I you can't really like experience Vietnam that way. But I was, again, traveling by myself and not wanting to go off the beaten path too much. Yeah. I'd love to like do it by motorbike. I've heard of people doing that, you know, taking a few weeks and just driving it. I would love to do that, but um, that would have to be. I would add. I didn't have time to plan right, it, right, you know. Right. So you can't beat the prices, though. No, oh my gosh, it's so the great for you know a nickel oh, or something. Breakfast every just morning. Pull up a bucket on the street corner and let them, you know, scoop you some of the oh, noodles out. 
I had the cheapest diving I ever did there. I was in Da Nang. Okay. And then I uh, I went scuba diving, and for like two for an all day trip, lunch on the boat, all the equipment, and two tank dives, forty bucks. Oh my gosh! <laughs> you like, hear so many people about awesome. getting their certifications and, oh, yeah, and all that yeah, over yeah. in Southeast Asia, just because it's it's oh, so it's unbelievable. Yeah. Then I got to the Philippines. They didn't even ask me for my certification card. They're like, yeah, yeah, go ahead. You're fine. So like, don't you want to see <laughs> anything? Nah, yeah, we trust you. All right, good to know. Well, duly noted. <laughs> um, so you went through Southeast Asia. Now, I know, um, having been through countries like this, and, and when I was in Hanoi, my uh, weird white guy story, <laughs> I was walking, it was, uh, there was parade floats. This was like New Year's Day, or so. yeah, or it was going to be New Year's Eve the next day, so it was going to be a big parade. So uh, in the park there, they had all these floats lined up and all these like beautiful flowers everywhere. And, and I'm walking through and uh, there's people just milling around everywhere. And then some girl comes up to me and asks if she, in broken English if she could take a photo with me. And I went, okay. Uh, and then I did it. And then that seemed to like set off the green light to everybody in town. Like, hey, this guy's willing to take a photo with us. And then it was like all these people started coming over and asked if they could wanted to pose a picture with me. It's like, hey, let's stand by the big white guy. And it was just weird. Um, so it was like a celebrity there. But I've been through like Asia and, and Vietnam and, and Asia is Vietnam. I mean, uh, Ind- <laughs> India. And I remember I was in a tour group in India for two weeks. And there was like blonde women in our group. And I felt so bad for them because they were just really stared at you know people would like give them their babies to hold i have been handed a baby yes what is that about I, is to be it... honest i haven't had too many of those weird white girl blonde moments or anything oh really i really haven't and i'm like excited oh, for those moments because i just don't i i totally believe it but um i really haven't i've i've been handed a baby once <laughs> that was in uh cambodia yeah but it was because i was um the baby was crying and it was staring at me. So I put my arms out like, and she handed it over, no problem. <laughs> and then it stopped crying. So yeah. it wasn't like, oh, yeah, my baby. Oh, the magical white girl powers. Yeah. <laughs> I have heard so many stories about that. But no, I mean, even in in the Middle East, um, I really didn't. I mean, people, I sometimes feel like they're more nice even to me, which I think is funny because a lot of Americans are like, why aren't you scared? I'm like, to be honest, I feel like a novelty or something when I travel to certain places because oh, you are. they don't want to harm me. They're more intrigued well, and some curious. Could exactly. I'm yeah. not, you know, not trying to say that it would never happen, but nine times out of ten, people are just like, where are you from? And anytime I say California, they're like, California. Yeah. <laughs> like, I would just say why? Hollywood now. I you would know, say like, it's oh, not, Hollywood. Yeah. People are so curious about California yeah. as well. Even like in Europe, you know, they're like, oh, do you, do you know the people from Laguna Beach? And I'm like, no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> do you know Tom Cruise? Yeah. You know, well, funny you should say that. I what do. What famous people have you met? And I'm like, <laughs> are we going to do this right now? Yeah. <laughs> well, it has helped me in the, in the fact that I, I hosted this TV show for a long time. I did a lot of celebrity interviews, so I have a lot of photos. Okay. With oh, celebrities. Oh, they would probably eat that up. They love and I just show. And they're now they're on my iPhone. <laughs> and if it gets late at night, and they'll ask me, "Hey, do you have any? You ever met any famous people?" And I'll pull this out, and then I've had like entire bars come over, like oh, yeah. passing my phone around, looking at, "Oh my God, Will Smith!" Yeah. Oh my God. Well, and, and <laughs> people can't believe it. are still, you know, and I didn't realize how much of an impact this sort of our culture, our culture has, has around, the world. around the world, but anywhere in the world, people, even our president. And I think that was the most like surprising thing is how involved people are with our politics around the world. Oh, yeah, that's so it's that's really was something people learn when <laughs> as soon as they leave the country. They're oh, and then they start they want to discuss. Hey, what about that? Uh, you know, trade policy you guys had last year. And we just sit there like, uh, um, I, don't, I don't know what that is. I don't know. I'm sorry. <laughs> They're like, how dare you? Yeah, uh, sorry. I didn't actually write that law. <laughs> don't know but, if you know this, but... <laughs> but you do find... I mean, there's always some um, anti-American sentiment anywhere you go. I mean, it's yeah. always there in a little bit. In some yeah. countries, of course, it's, uh, it's, it's, very, it's heavier than others. Yeah. But um, what you find most of all is the uh, standard, well, I like Americans. I just don't like their policies. Like, they meet us and one-on-one, yeah. they tend to like us. <laughs> 
about that they like what our country it is does. A lot of the time, that but way. you learn a lot about our country as well yeah. when you leave and go. Oh, we've done some really horrible shit around the world, <laughs> and just you know our overall like the global sort of view that people have about Americans, yes. and it is that hoorah go America attitude, and it's great people like i've had people in germany are like i wish we could be that way i wish i could have that much like patriotism yeah for my i mean country. they say that in england all the time but where they love to rip- you guys like there's nothing like america and they're like it's kind of cool because you are just like go america and yeah. you have so much enthusiasm and pride they're like but sometimes you take yeah. it a little overboard and we do <laughs> and, and it's good to be proud true. of where you're from exactly. but it's like, not at the expense of you know you have to know that there's another world out there yeah and, and you have to vote accordingly <laughs> sometimes too yeah. I think that's the where where people in other parts of the world, because there are those extreme people who it's there's no view beyond their own backyard, yeah. you know. So, and I very well grew up that way. That was sort of my fate, you know. Yeah. I I grew up in a small town. I didn't I didn't know anything. So. Well, it has to be encouraged and it has to be fed. You know, it has to yeah. be, you know, not uh, poo pooed. You know, I've yeah. known people that. I had friends that I grew up with, and you know, I grew up in Illinois, and, and I knew people that had never been to the ocean. You know, at least my parents were uh, from the East Coast, you know, so we had still had family there, and we would vacation. go to Florida all the time, or, or Connecticut, or something. And um, I had some that had never been, uh, like on spring break, I went down to Daytona Beach. Mm-hmm. From we drove there from Chicago to Daytona Beach uh, with a bunch of guys on a bus that uh, had never seen the ocean, had yeah. never been south of Kentucky. You know, it's weird. It is weird. <laughs> and so... But you, I'm realizing it more and more. Every time I come home, how many people don't think that they're missing out. And that's totally fine. So you got... I don't get... And I've said this before on the show. I don't get the people who don't have the curiosity. You know, yeah, if, if you mean, don't have I, the money, that's one thing. If you don't yeah. have the time, that's another thing. But Some people... I mean, the best... I think the best... Like the an idiot abroad. I, the guy kills me. But he just <laughs> has no... He's very content. He could just sit, you know, in gloomy old England yeah. his whole life and he would never care. And even when presented with these amazing opportunities, it's still kind of, well, I just don't care. And and you learn, I think travel really teaches you a lot about people and, and how you can sort of deal and sort of understand those type of people more because even traveling as much as I do most people wouldn't like that lifestyle. And I learned that, you know, you're, there's going to be a lot of uncomfortable moments when you're yeah. traveling on a budget for nine months out of the year. Most people would get homesick in the first couple of weeks and want to go home. And maybe their entire life, they've just wanted to take this big trip. Two weeks in, they're like, yeah, I want to go home. Yeah. People, and it's this um, obsession with these things you can't have. Yeah, there's this um, comfort zone thing. Yeah. A lot of people just don't want to leave it. I have yeah. friends that don't, you know, that I have friends that even have the time and the money to go with me. And, and they, just don't. they don't, yeah. they don't even ask. They don't, it's like, really? You, we could just hop on the plane. It's really... You should, no, okay. Yeah. Do you find w- one of the biggest misconceptions that I always have to tell people to get convince them to go is they think it's so expensive. Yeah, and you I mean, have to tell them number one. that it's not. They'll go blow more money in a weekend in Vegas yeah. but it's, that it's they could different. live off yeah. two weeks of yeah. in Vietnam. You know what I mean? Yeah. I get a lot of, I think people can't don't want to believe it's possible. I mean, I know most people are, we are cynical. Humans are cynical, right? We don't want to necessarily believe that things are so optimistic and positive and possible, but um, they just can't imagine how I travel so much and how, like, what are you doing? Like, who's your rich boyfriend? You know, that sort of attitude. And I'm like, dude, like, you want to Who see is my, your rich my bank account? <laughs> no, I'm you know, so it's like, I'm not traveling to, you know, the most glorious parts of the world. 90% of my travels have been in developing countries, Thailand, $20 a day. And that's with accommodation. Yeah. It's cheaper Vietnam, than being in LA. Less. Cost me more to drive here. You know? Yeah. So when you people have, um, and I think this is also like the psychology of of money is is really interesting. And I've learned a lot about this since blogging because um, I worked, you know, in finance, so dealing talking about money all the time. But you didn't talk about it with travel. Travel is a luxury. Travel is something you plan for, something you save for. It's not normal to do it all the time. And it's our sort of 10 work holidays a year attitude as being as Americans, you know. So when you have that mentality and you're raised that way or you've never had any other opportunity, that's all you think is available to you. But I mean, I mean, you could book a flight right now to Mexico for like one hundred and two hundred dollars. I'm going. Are you going to do it? Yeah, maybe not. But (laughs) I'm leaving uh, 
soon, very soon, to uh, Panama. Yeah. We got a round trip, a uh, friend found a round trip to Panama for like 350 bucks. Exactly. It's and this like, is over the Christmas holidays, yeah. you know? That's like pretty good. And they're out there. And also, if it's just, I mean, there's all these ways to get miles. There's ways yeah. to do it. And that's, I learned a lot about that too. Yeah. And a lot of it's the flight. I mean, getting there. And airfare has gone up. But once you get there, yeah. you know, I don't know how they expect to live. But I mean, you can live pretty well. And unless you're going to like New York or Paris. Yeah. Or London is really expensive, but or Tokyo. Yeah, there's. Those, I mean, just, those places are going to be expensive, but everywhere else is pretty cheap. You can do it on a budget, and yeah. Granted, you know, I don't, I don't write my blog to tell people this is how you can live my life, because it's just that would just be impossible to right. write that way. You but, also have a home to come back to. Yeah, you and also, I, I you have, have created. Group. I've, but you know, people are like, oh, you're so lucky, and I'm like, I've made a lot of sacrifices, and I've. I choose to move back home, um, cut my expenses down. I don't live the life I used to. I used to be all over Hollywood, all over LA, driving back forth, all over Vegas, you know, but home. And you don't realize how much money you spend living this lifestyle here or where you live, you know, like how much is going out to eat? You know, just, uh, I stopped eating out. I stopped doing these things that I used to do. Like I would find other ways to be social when I was home. I would limit it to like a couple days a week and really focus on work and you know writing and and creating things for my blog and then um you save a lot of money in the end a lot and even if you're not making that much and you can still find ways to do it right i mean i've uh told people that way over the past i spent most of my 20s you know i was uh, doing stand-up around the country and i wasn't making much but yet i was doing what i wanted to do i saw the country i had a tercel yeah (laughs) you know they paid off i had two i don't want to brag i had a toyota tercel but the point was, it was paid off. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I had roommates and, you know, and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And people were like, oh, man, that's great that you could do it. It's like, I, yeah, you have a house and the, you made yeah. your choices and I made mine. And it could have, it happened to have worked out okay for me, but yeah. it could have easily gone the other way. Yeah. But, uh, you know, you got to, people want everything. Yeah. They're like, I still want to drive a BMW, but I want to go after my dream. Yeah. No, you got to pick one. Out. And that's and that's very much the attitude. It's like I'll get emails, you know, and it starts out with, "What do you? How do you make money?" Like just a blank email, like, "How do you make your money?" And I'm like, "Well, um, let's see. <laughs> Here's what I do for work. I've found a way to make money, like you know, being abroad and and doing what I do. Being abroad. Being abroad. You know, <laughs> no pun intended. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but you know, and, and then they're like, oh, okay, well, like, aren't you scared? And I'm like, what? Like, no, no, I'm not. I'm not scared of travel, but I'm, I'm, you know, cautious and I use good judgment. And they're like, oh yeah, I could never do that. And I'm like, well, you just went from like really being super curious and like, yeah. you know, to just completely shut down. Yeah. And I think that's going to be, that's, that's the biggest challenge for most of these people. Isn't the money. It's just sort of believing that it's possible. Yeah, uh, it's crazy. I, I mean, I never went through that phase. I never really thought, oh, this isn't possible. I just was so focused on my career at the time that I didn't have time. Right. But it is sort of I chose to leave my job, and that is a huge risk. That's a really scary thing. One of the scariest things I ever did, and especially in this market. You know, and <laughs> I was one of in this my, economy. You left own, a job. Yeah, I was one of my only friends to actually. I. I Started my job the day after I graduated, and that wasn't happening for anyone in finance when I was doing school. So, but don't you find? I mean, there, there's phases in life where, I mean, yes, a lot of your people your age and and your peers will go, oh, "Are you crazy?" Or, or they're either one or the other. Yeah. Um, but usually, people older, uh, at least I think the smarter people will go, "Yeah, man, do it now." Yeah. You know because <laughs> they know. That it doesn't get easier as you get older. No. Yeah. Uh, travels harder on you. I mean, you have a lot more commitments and responsibilities, unless you're me. Um, <laughs> there's no perfect way, but there's you have to find what works for you, and you just do it. And there's it's never going to be ah. Oh. No, absolutely. But in I your twenties, <laughs> there's so much more time to make up for anything, even yeah. whatever mistakes you made. Even if you look back and go, "What was I nuts?" At least you won't give a shit. 15, <laughs> yeah. 15 years from now, exactly. Yeah, if you, if you want a day job later on, you'll get one. Yeah. You know what? So do it. Just just do it. There's no rush or anything. Yeah. There's, um, you know, and I think that's sort of the decision in, that I made and I'm sticking to it and I, I'm so happy. I love what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I love being able to share it with people and like, it's just this whole new sense of purpose in my life, which is really exciting, you know? Yeah. So... <laughs> 
Um, I will say though, as a as a woman, yes, it's a little tougher. Um, like um, I will have people will say that to me, like women that have traveled with the men overseas, and they'll go even as as, as independent they are. Yeah, they're like. I just can't go into that bar over oh, there yeah. and sit by myself without getting harassed and bothered and and where I can do that. You know what I mean? And so that's the tougher part. I can't even do that here in LA. Right. You I know? Mean, <laughs> oh, yes, you can. Well, you no, maybe not. Yeah. A, I think the they're definite. I yeah. mean, like I said, I chose not to, to do too much in Vietnam where I met, you know, a couple of guys from, where were they? Probably German, but they... They were just taking motors. They were like 18 and they were just taking motorcycles through Vietnam. I'm like, I like can't ever do that. I can't <laughs> right. just take a motorcycle and ride through Vietnam because, you know, just you have to be smart. I don't care yeah. how confident you are as a woman. Like you just shouldn't put yourself in certain situations. And I'm very smart about that type of stuff, especially when it comes to, you know, after dark <laughs> where you are, you know, using street sense even though I didn't grow up with any of it. <laughs> yeah. That was a rough, a rough lesson. Yeah. yeah, and San Diego, I mean, it, it no, is a city, it but it's still not the roughest place. It happened very fast and rapidly within like my first six months of living in L.A. L.A., yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was real rough and real We call not it diversity. Nice. What do oh, you yeah. think? Oh, yeah. No, I learned... What do you think, farm girl? <laughs> like, what? A, oh, okay, yeah. Wow, I didn't know. <laughs> All right, well, yeah. There was this a lot guy's of those speaking moments. Spanish, and he's speaking Farsi. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, I was... I was blissfully ignorant as as through most of my life and it kind of scares me <laughs> you know, well, city, about, cities are good for that oh they're too. really good i, I mean, suggest everyone at least i mean if you i think everybody should live travel, in new york for a year live in a city a big city where there's diversity in culture where you know you're gonna get pushed around and things aren't gonna be easy for you because yeah, i think it, and you have to i think you should force people in this country to have to take uh public transportation well, if we had it. <laughs> well, that's no, so, I mean. They have to live somewhere yeah. where they have to learn to that. To oh, it. this can work and be really handy and exactly be good. Yeah, and if you don't, yeah, like you got to get in a, a good nice fight with a meter maid once in a while. Yes. something you know, just things you don't you have. Sit back next home. to a smelly guy in a subway. Yeah, you just, need that. They, you really do. It's good for the soul. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, do you do the hostels? I mean, are, I'm in. A I'm past the hostel age myself. I'm at a crossroads. You know. Yeah. I uh, had a really. <laughs> Terrible experience. We all have. In a hostel? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A guy shit the bed in Barcelona. So that was when I, <laughs> I had to say, you know, I just You know what? I'm, I'm, uh, Do I win that one? Do I win worse hostel You beat experience? me. Okay. You beat me. So, yeah. <laughs> I've had vomit, though. Okay. Yeah, I don't okay. know which is worse. I think yours is worse. Yeah. When you... No. I'm not going to get into details. Well, you weren't in... This is not your bed. No. Okay. Was, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what you were doing. I, I don't know what kind of hospital. I actually was. slept through the whole thing. Oh, so you're in a co-ed, co-ed environment, like ten person dorm, because oh, that's just how you I roll in Barcelona. Apparently, oh, yeah. I was at the W the next day. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I need cleansing. Ther- I need a cleansing the treatment. The hottest shower you've ever taken yeah, in your life. So you know, trust me. I I'm all for camping. I'm all for <laughs> things like that. But the hostel thing is just. Yeah, you know you're gonna have that roommate who stays out till four in the morning and comes home drunk or something, and you're gonna have one of the worst nights of sleep. And it's hard when you're budget traveling as well, because okay, where do you really make those compromises? Well, I can make yeah. um, smart decisions with transportation, and I can book cheaper travel. I can use public transportation and walk. Um, you know, I can eat cheaply, eat like a local. But sometimes I'm gonna spend a little more on the room yeah. to have my own. There were, there were limits in the last few trips I've taken that uh, <laughs> there comes a point in your life where you're like, okay, I'm done sharing a room with strangers. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'll do it on a train, in a train compartment. Oh, yeah. I've done that in the overnight. But um, I'm done sharing <laughs> bathrooms yeah, with strangers. I, I stopped doing that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but in like I said, in Vietnam, it was very easy. I mean, I was well, getting, yeah. my hotels were running like between $15 and $20 yeah. a night. So I was like, well, for that much, I'll get my own hotel. Yeah. And I tried once, I, tr- I attempted t- to couch surf, and I just had the weirdest experience. I, oh, did you couchsurfing.org? I tried. But maybe okay. Amsterdam wasn't the first way I should have done it. Yeah. Um, met up with the guy for like a cup of coffee just to, you know, get to know each other. Oh, creep. He was See a creep, if, wasn't he? He would just like, he just bashing Americans yeah. and like got super high and was just ranting. And I'm like, yeah, I can't do this. So I'm Wait, he got go. super high in Amsterdam? Yeah. Weird, no right? Way. No, he actually had me go with him so that he could get his weed and then 
like sat down for coffee and I'm like, well, I guess this is fine. You know, whatever you need. But <laughs> um, he's like, yeah, so did you want to like stay in and watch TV and like get high tonight? And I'm like, no, dude, like, <laughs> yeah, that's not why I'm here. Again, that's that's another thing where <laughs> as a woman, you have to worry about a lot more. So the couch and everything, you know, and they even say all these warnings up on the website, like Amsterdam's not the best place to couch surf. But I just, you know, I had been staying in hostels for, you know, the past month and I hadn't really like, met any locals and I miss that side of travel um that's been how I've always traveled and uh it was just always like really last minute plans so it was easier just to kind of book a hostel um but I was so fed up you know I went from a hostel with like you know here's the thing there should be some rules for hostels rules and regulations so all of you hostel owners out there (laughs) some of them do have rules of regulation i'm like we need a snore test oh yeah (laughs) or free (laughs) earplugs available shit the bed test yeah yeah something i just (laughs) you know there's uh, i'm just really particular nowadays you know so yeah but on the flip side they were um they were great for their time to meet a lot of people and And when you're traveling solo it was nice to meet people. The and social the, aspect is Yeah, the best, and they would know. get tips of like, you know, I would say I was going to some place and they had just come back from it. Yeah. You'd meet some people down there and they're like, oh, this is where you got to go. This is the good place. Yeah. You can skip that. Yeah. You know, that was good to know. Granted, there are some like amazingly fantastic right. hostels in the world, you know, and I've had great experiences like luxury hostels. Who'd have thought? <laughs> but, um, you know, and, and you do meet these people and they have all kinds of tips and Usually where you get your best travel information, I think, when you're on the road is, you know, just asking people. And these hostel workers, you know, they have all the information there. They can book your tour for you or tell you what where to eat. So that's great. Okay, let's get to some uh, specifics on the road here. I right. checked out your uh, your site okay. and I noticed that you went, uh, I went as well to Petra, Jordan. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. Fantastic. Wasn't that amazing? I'm in love with Jordan. <laughs> okay. Now tell me more. I only did a day trip from a lot. Uh, Okay. So tell me, uh, I didn't go to Wadi Rum or any of the other okay. places. So, um, yeah, I spent a few days in the capital city of Amman. And from there, I went to Jarash, which is actually one of the most well-preserved um, sites of uh, the like Roman ruins, even in Italy. Like, it's fantastic. And who'd have thought? Right there in Jordan. Um, but Those Romans got around. They, they did. <laughs> I'm going to have to check. I'll Google it later. Yeah, Google it. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, Jirash, the Dead Sea. Uh, I went to... Oh, I did that. I yeah. floated in there and it, did the... Did you rub your mud all over oh, yourself? Oh, yeah. I was covered. Like, yeah. just real messy and awesome. <laughs> then Aqaba in the Red Sea, I went diving. Um, did you... Fa- okay, go ahead. I would say, like, world-class diving, actually. That's yeah, right across the uh, bay from... Yeah, so um, you have... I mean, you a could, lot. I was in a lot, so you could have okay. spit to Aqaba. Exactly. So we probably dove in the same kind of... I dove in, the I dove in a sea. lot. But yeah, Wadi Rum Desert, I uh, did... Um, I stayed at one of the camps, so I had, like, this amazing sort of hotel-style tent in the middle of the desert. Just sit under the stars, and the, the Bedouin people of Jordan, they're, like, the desert people, and they... Everyone in Jordan is so nice. Just the whole culture, everything about Jordan. And one of the best, and it's kind of like a double-edged sword because it's like you want to promote tourism there, you want to tell people to go, but it's like part of the charm is that it's not touristy. You yeah. know? Even at Petra, one of the new wonders of the world, right? But not like the Coliseum or anything. I mean, try to go to Coliseum at any hour, okay. any day, yeah, right? Yeah, that's true. I was leaving Petra, and I was, granted, I was, I think, in the off-season, November. What, what time of year was this? November. Oh, a good time. So it was a really good time to be there. I mean, I... Wait, that's when I was there. Were you? I was there in uh, late October, so I just missed yeah, it. Yeah, okay. Well, it's kind of the end of the, the busy season for summer. Yeah, yeah. But like coming back out of Petra, I was like passing through by the, the famous treasury from Indiana Jones, you know? Yeah, yeah. And no oh, one I got was my there. Photos. Nobody was there. Come I had on. the entire thing to myself. And so it was like me and this old man, and I was like, can you take my picture on this iPhone that you don't know how to use? But, you know, it was, I've never had that opportunity. I've been to Machu Picchu, I've been to blah, blah, and, you know, there's always going to be someone in your picture, right? Yeah. It's just impossible to, you know, be somewhere with that much history and importance. Well, what time of day was that? It was in the evening. It was in the evening. It was, that's when, why. it was when Petra was closing down. That's it. So all the, all the big the tour buses, and that's what happened to me. Um, I would. I wanted to stay longer. Yeah. And then my bus was leaving, and so we were on the say. I was there during the day, mm. but it was a lot of like field trips, like kids 
from uh, schools in Amman, you know, yeah. this is like their big field trip or yeah. something. And there's just like, there was a lot of yelling kids around. There was this like, it was jammed. It was jammed. Yeah. I went later in the day. I actually didn't go until probably like noon. Right. And then stayed until, I went. I was there for like six hours, something ridiculous. Yeah. But it's huge. I mean, you just, I didn't even get to see all of it. Uh, and then on the way back, I just I like came up to the treasury and I was like, oh, wow, like no one's here. <laughs> kind of like had one of those like, yeah, moments and like, you know, did like a little jig and then was like, can someone take my picture? This is so cool. Um, any, but yeah. Any uh, issues with um, any in these Muslim countries as a woman? Anything? No, I mean, I was I I definitely dressed appropriately. Yeah, you dress modestly. You know, you I cover your... cover it all up. And, you know, I think the the hardest part i was like can i wear, at least wear a bikini in the dead sea i mean this is not like me <laughs> you know well, I, you can in israel i don't you know, know what they're doing in jordan but yeah, you, you can. definitely could in israel. they're all resorts and stuff you know but even in um after jordan i went to dubai and it's much more you know open-minded and you know oh, yeah, there's a lot yeah, more yeah. western influence there but um i mean even still like you'll still have Muslim women and, and you, but it's, it's really unique. You know, Dubai is really interesting. Um, so many cultures, mm-hmm. so many, Oh yeah. but, um, yeah, no, I didn't have any problems. That's great. Did, uh, would you go back to, is there any place that you wouldn't go back to? Amsterdam. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get I don't Amsterdam. And I, I honestly don't get it. The appeal. Mean as, I mean, this is this is the one thing. I'm like, maybe I'll get a lot of like. Not even the canals and the mm, thing. And um, the, have you been to Belgium or any other city like? Uh, you know, Belgium I haven't. Or, you know, here's the thing. So smart guy, Europe, I haven't yeah, been to uh, because everyone was like, but the canals, and I'm like, I was just in Bruges and Ghent, and it's freaking beautiful. And then I got to Bruges. Instagram. Bruges is awesome. Ghent is what's up. Ghent. Okay. Ghent is amazing like great like they have a huge jazz like culture a lot of music festivals like the biggest tomorrowland festivals in belgium belgium has great beer great food i love belgium no belgian beer is good belgian beer oh my god it's really good yeah the guy from brussels just <laughs> i had like two i hosted two couch surfers here okay and one of them was from brussels did he bring you beer uh he did that was oh, his gift awesome. to me at the end. he didn't bring it from belgium but he, he, he found a beer. place here that As you do. sold yeah, his yeah uh, that's great and then we went out for beers and he was very particular yeah oh, about his beers and why wouldn't you they know their stuff best beer country though too have you been to czech republic no oh, I oh you haven't been there. to prague or i haven't anything. been to prague oh. um no one of my friends lives in prague and she's like you have to come here for the holidays like we love christmas here oh yeah and it so. already looks like a, a postcard <laughs> yeah, like, you know? it's just fantastic it's got to look like a snow globe, I'm sure. Yeah. But no, the, the thing with Amsterdam, um, I, it was the, the type of tourism you get there. I don't, you know what, I don't, the, the prostitution, all that, that's fine, you know, got to make a dollar. But, and I, pre, I, I think it's awesome to have a city that does have that, you know, tolerance for They're not hypocritical whatever. about it. You know, they're like, no, this is fine and this yeah. is an option for you. Um, but even the more people, the more... Um, I met some lovely Dutch people. Don't get me wrong. It's not the culture. It's just the city. I didn't really understand so much. But And there are like junkies passed out yeah, everywhere. You know, and and it, it is a big problem. But here's the, you know, it's like, okay, for tourism, I get it for European tourism. But for an American, I'm like, if you really want to do that kind of stuff, you can get it kind of anywhere if you really want yeah, to. I could get it here. It's just, you know, so I'm like, I mean. <laughs> Gee, where am I going to buy weed in uh, Los yeah, Angeles? Yeah, I'm like, I don't get it. You know, they're like, but you can get high. And I'm like. Okay, yeah. I don't get it. You, you know? can do it in Washington State legally now, Colorado. Right? I'm like, you could you go bo- to Denver. Exactly. Boulder probably yeah. would be better. But there you go, Boulder. Okay, <laughs> but that's you know. Point being, um, the 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 lifestyle tourism, I didn't really understand. Just, I mean, we got Vegas here, we got all these things, so it's sort of nothing new. Yeah. So I was looking for that deeper sort it's not of a big culture, culture shock, thing, yeah. and I was like, you know, it's just I just don't see it here. I did like do a little cycling out into like Northern Holland, which was awesome, Northern Amsterdam, and then like on the outskirts and different parts, met some really great locals who did end up showing me around. And they're like, "No, you're going to all the wrong places." And I was <laughs> yeah. like, "Thank God," because I was like getting really sad. I had high hopes for this place. <laughs> <laughs> so your dream trip? What's your next big one? You for, h- highest on the list. That I have planned, or that I like of all time. Of all time that you haven't oh, been to yet. I really, really want to do South Africa and, and Africa. I think, you know, that might be for a lot of people. But um, 
just I have a lot of South African friends. They're some of the most wonderful people and, um, you know, rowdy and awesome and, you know, just really excited about life. So I like being no. surrounded by those these, people. Are these rugby players? No. Um, and then... <laughs> Not at all. No, but... Yeah, rowdy uh, South Africans. I'm going to guess rugby. If um, I could. Who isn't a rugby player, though? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> You're talking about that. Or at least an enthusiast. Mm-hmm. Um, Sounds like, well, you've been hanging out at all the rugby players. You've been to... Uh, <laughs> New Zealand. New Zealand. I was actually there for the World Cup. Okay, so there you go. Uh, Yeah. And then I was at the State of the Union um, game in Brisbane in Australia during that. So I got really immersed in... I love sport. So if you can be in any country for any sport, you're going to experience the ultimate... I try to see sporting events in every yeah, country. So I've been I see mostly soccer games. Yeah, but, uh, I love soccer. I'm That's a huge fan. My but. thing too. So I, I volunteered with the Paralympics this summer in London. Oh, nice. I was in Spain. Um, sorry, I was in Germany for the Euro Cup finals. I've been oh, in. I've I been all to go over. To that. So you know, it's like um, it's something that I've just kind of happened upon doing. I didn't. I don't plan around it. But when you're there for those experiences, I mean, nothing beats like the energy and. Yeah, it's awesome. I went to a baseball game in Japan. You got to go to one of those. Uh, they love it. They love it. And the uh, Koreans love uh, baseball too. Yeah. So love it. I mean, you know, and you just, it's its cool to see a different dynamic when it comes to sport, especially like here, soccer on the, on the scale of popularity to oh, yeah, the yeah. world is, you blah. <laughs> I've you been know. through the whole thing but with you people. Go. I have to defend it. I just, uh, before you were here, I was watching a Champions League okay. game. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Did you watch the MLS? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been to a few. Um, I have a friend who, uh, no, I'm not kidding. We could do a whole soccer <laughs> hour. Um, we won't go there. Yeah, we won't go. But yeah, that's very, so uh, I've been to Cape Town and okay. uh, went through Johannesburg, but not, hadn't stayed much. But Cape Town is gorgeous. Yeah. You, you really got to go. And that's, I think, next on my list for like, a big trip. Like I want to spend a good amount of time down there, maybe like a month or two, you know, just set up shop for a little while, go mm-hmm. exploring. So... Any, uh, you say you love spicy food? Oh, yeah. I carry okay, hot sauce me too. with me. I was yeah. going to say, I was going to like think this is embarrassing if I have hot sauce in my bag. I usually do, but... Go to Korea. Have you been to Korea? Uh, I haven't. Oh, no. you got to go. The, the food is amazing okay. and they love it hot too. Yeah. Oh, really good. <laughs> or you can just go to Koreatown right <laughs> or here. Or I can go down Like the three blocks away. <laughs> yeah. It's just... And it's good. authentic. Some of it's... So it is good. authentic. <laughs> um, but, uh, so give me your worst uh, flight dash travel story. Oh, that's a loaded question. I know. There's been a lot. When I say worst, I mean, any any were really scary or it was just a nightmare from um, hell trip? No, You know what? Like this past summer when I was coming home from, um, I was flying home from Spain this summer and it's, you know, it's a long trip. I had a layover, um, but we got stuck on the tarmac for three hours and they couldn't let us off of the plane and they just couldn't trapped. serve. They didn't have, like, it was just weird. And then they had to redirect us over iceland and like they just it was like a 24-hour day and oh my gosh it was just crazy um <laughs> like getting through security those have been some fun stories I accidentally brought ammunition on a on a in my check-in bag once. oh wait a second <laughs> hold on no, let's back this up yeah you, you saw, when you say ammunition I, okay i'm sorry shells shotgun okay. shells why would you have shotgun shells? okay so i was in new zealand oh. and we went i'm gonna blame rugby players for this okay wasn't rugby players this time, but the <laughs> some of my friends, they own farmland out there. And so the farm managers, you know, they have to keep the vermin out and all that. So they, they hunt the rabbits and possums. And he's like, you've never shot a gun. You're going. And we're going to, you know, go hunting tonight. And I was like, I don't really want to do this. You, farm girl, never shot a gun? No. Oh, okay. But we didn't, I mean, Southern California, we don't have like problems. <laughs> I mean, we do, but I didn't have, we didn't have cows or anything so it's not like we had oh, to you're not protecting your other rabbit animals, regulations or anything gonna kill your flock no <laughs> right okay. so and they're protecting their sheep yeah, they I'm wanted sure. they wanted to take me to like their local farm to see a cow and i was like no nah, i can't do that i don't eat meat and it's not that i don't mind the animal side of things it's just like meat eating it i don't know so you don't eat meat no I oh, we'll get to that seafood. later okay go uh, ahead anyway <laughs> so you're shooting so we go out shooting shotguns I was just shooting targets because I couldn't actually bring myself to kill a bunny. Aw. Softer side. That's nice. I, I was I like... Couldn't, I, 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 I couldn't either. I, I, just, I have no reason to I was like shoot. all for it. I'm like, yeah, the hunting thing. Okay, cool. Experience. It's going to be awesome. I'm not going to be mad at people for doing things that I understand like need to be done, but I'm like, 
I'm pointing it and I'm like, I just can't do it. I don't want to do it. Yeah. You can do it. I don't want to do it. I'll be here and I'll be like, yeah, high five. But I, like, I, I've never shot. Yeah. So I, I just, I have this freaking shotgun and I was so proud of myself for actually pulling the trigger <laughs> that I put the, the shells in my, in my bag oh. and I was flying out the next morning and I, I had a layover in Sydney. So I just had like a big carry on bag and uh, it goes through the, the thing and the guy pulls out the, sh- and I was like, oh, bad word uh. just came out of my mouth. And I was like, this i just look at him i'm like yeah, i'm not leaving this country am i <laughs> like, <laughs> he's like can you just give me like one sentence why i shouldn't like take you in for questioning and i'm like i went hunting and he's like okay well i'm gonna throw this away keep going <laughs> i was like wow yeah they let me through <laughs> so again again this is a nice way, <laughs> time to be a woman i'm, I'm thinking so this is where the blonde abroad <laughs> has an advantage strategy me i'd be like thrown up against the yeah, wall like, like what a, is, who are you who are you <laughs> who do you work for yeah. uh <laughs> so that was a really yeah that was that was really dumb so vegetarian yeah. in uh asia that's very easy easy tough in uh south Any america south american country. yes bread overload like carbicide oh, how did you do every it every day um, i've been to like brazil and argentina and the, yeah, i mean they, they just they're meat, not meat and meat yeah meat they love meat they love it how did, what did you eat in... Uh, a lot of carbs. <laughs> rice. A lot of rice. Really can't do anything. I mean, when I was in Bolivia for a month, like uh, we had an apartment, so it wasn't that... I could I could cook when I was there, but also we weren't always there. So you eat a lot of egg. Yeah. Uh, and You'll I don't do know egg? how You'll... vegans do this. No, I don't vegans know. hard. I'm just like, you're ruining your body if you travel <laughs> as a vegan. I'm serious. Like, you can't eat healthy being a vegan and not cooking for yourself. I just don't believe it. It's yeah. possible. Because even for me, I'm like, there's a time where I'm just like, give me some chicken because I can't eat another piece of bread. <laughs> and still everything, I mean, even when they're cooking with it, it has milk or yeah, cream see, or I'm some kind of like... animal byproduct, whatever. Eggs you know, in it. I don't care you know? about that. I don't like the texture or taste of meat. And okay. I don't. I just don't like it. Um, I'll still eat it. I tried alpaca in peru you know i'll try something i want you have to, the guinea pig i hit the yeah guinea pig you know <laughs> just take a nice little bite out of this guy it's just it's just there's a lot of work me. but that's what pig. i mean you know for me i'd rather not risk it either like there are places where it's probably better to eat meat you know like in new zealand or something where you know where it's coming from oh yeah yeah i just you know back home you know there's so many chemicals and things going into meat here in the states that i just don't trust it but Traveling, you know, there are exceptions, and I've had really good meat, you know, I guess, I guess, but I, uh, I just don't, I would never order it, but yeah, seafood on the other hand. Oh, yeah. I can't quit that. Oh, the seafood's so good. Sushi. Oh, really? Love sushi. Yeah. Oh, and you still haven't been to Japan. No. We got to get you over there. I know. It's a little pricier, but yeah, yeah. you got to save up a little more. Oh, it's okay. Put yeah, it's it, we'll put it somewhere. But in the from future. here, it's an easy flight. Yeah. I mean, that's one advantage we have living here. Everywhere yeah. else in the world, it's a pain <laughs> yes, in the ass. Part. It's a pain in the ass. <laughs> yeah. Living in California. Yeah. But uh, okay. So, oh, one thing I wanted to ask you about, I saw on your website, you went to the running of the bulls. Yeah. Now, this is something women don't do. Yeah, really. I didn't run. Okay. I did want to... I mean, I'd like to say that it was because I didn't want, I wanted to respect the culture, which was part of it because even but though But you really just scared women, Yeah. <laughs> you, let's be honest. I'm not, I mean, I've I done some to do stupid it, things. I've done but, stupid, I, that's one of the stupid things I kind of want to do. I, I, and I think it was like sort of, you know, once you got there though, the thing is, it has changed a lot. I mean, it's not what it used to be. It's a, There's a lot of people that come in to party and like, it's just this crazy, crazy crazy party right um the first you know nights uh, so the san fermin festival is the week-long you know celebration and the running of the bulls takes place on the first day <clears throat> the opening ceremonies i mean there are just thousands of people and they just have street sweepers coming through like every five minutes because you just can't keep up like sangria mustard flour yeah. like all these things and so then i'm thinking dear lord if you run like who's you're gonna slip on everything around you the streets are covered in like sangria mustard and flour i think we have a recipe for something you know like it's gonna be delicious when you fall i mean exactly (laughs) at least it's gonna taste good um so you know and then it wasn't even the bulls it's just the people there's so many people that if you needed to move you really couldn't because you're just kind of stuck between the masses of people if someone falls in front of you you're gonna get pushed and probably fall and then you could just get trampled by people 
Yeah. But yeah. I mean, we watched it from a balcony and we were like kind of going from down on the street to back on the television and no one got hurt. So I think there's some good years and some bad years, maybe. <laughs> maybe some more experienced people. But yeah, I think I think the dynamic has changed a lot where people come and it's like you're running away from the bulls. And I know it started as like it's a running with the bulls and it's a celebration of these animals and then you fight them to the death. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And then we stab them in the and ring. And then we stare, yeah. So. I haven't, did you go to a bullfight? I did. See, uh, that's one thing. I have feelings that, about it. Me too. That's, I, I want to see it out of curiosity, yeah. but I also, you know, I heard it's just gruesome. And It is. And, and, you know, I don't, by no means, and this is where I am, where I'm like, people think, oh, you're vegetarian, so animal rights. And I'm like, yeah, heck yeah, I love my dog. But like, I mean, realistically, look at our farming industry and look at the masses of animals that we slaughter on the daily basis for overconsumption. Or like, you know, is it okay to put a cow for its entire life in a dairy farm confined in a little thing to milk it for its entire life? It doesn't even know what it is, you know, where these bulls and I learned a lot about it. And here's the thing, like they're like six or seven years old and they live like a sweet life. Like these bulls are like kings there. They have names and the the owners like get it's like a huge honor yeah. to have your bull picked. So for the awesome life they have for seven years and then it's a real you know, it's the one fight and they're dead. And yeah. you can argue that both ways, yes, it's inhumane, it's yeah. all these things. But I mean, I've seen worse things done to animals. Of course. Oh, there's horrible things done to so animals. I, but I know, mean it's it's just I think it, uh, it all boils down to whether like, the killing of an animal should be a, a, any kind of sport. A sport, exactly. Rather than just like for necessity yeah. or just, but is it more humane to like, you know, hit it with a thing on its head and knock it, you know, one yeah. after another in a factory? Yeah. It's, you know, it's all, so it's all bad, relative. really. It's all relative. Really so, think about it. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's like talking about religion or politics, right. but well, I that's, think... Well, <laughs> oh, go on. <laughs> that's a, yeah. But I'm just saying, you know, you can argue it either way, but I kind of stand that way where I don't think that it's a bad thing because, I mean, when you look at the amount of people... It's been going on for generations. Look at the Romans. They did it with the Colosseum. They killed oh, yeah. thousands of, like, exotic animals. And you know? people. And people. People to the death. Oh, gladiators, <laughs> yeah, yes. Get in the ring. Get in the ring. Yes. You know? <laughs> and we're moving towards that yeah. back anyway. So it, it's just, it's a part of cultures and I, I'm not one to, I'm not going to be the one to criticize yeah. them for it, you know? So, so wrapping it up and, and now that you've been to so many places and yeah. so much more, so many more places than your family and, <laughs> and so different than how you were raised, coming from, I wasn't raised religious or anything yeah. so when i go to these big temples around the world i've been to mosques i've been to you know catholic churches i've been through a temple i've been through israel i've been through every religion you could think of and seen what they have has it changed your opinions in in life of how compared to how you were brought up and has it opened your mind in a different way i mean do you look at religion a different way yeah i i mean absolutely i I didn't really have a choice in what to believe for most of my life, you know. Well, that's, given, how you, that's how you sell it. Yeah, just you, you sell it to you the eat kids. What's putting in front of you, you know? Who so don't question? I think that I believe the moral side of religion was a huge part of my upbringing, and it has shaped who I am because, I mean, you know, I you learn these biblical stories and you learn the morals and what's right and wrong. Um, but I think that for me, like religion, spirit, you know, spirituality, all these things are very personal. So that's something that's changed a lot. It's it's something I've internalized where it's like I'm not part of a religion or I don't go to church. I don't, you know, that's not a part of my life anymore. But it's definitely more something that I have a deeper connection to the world and like a deeper understanding of the people around me and empathy and compassion that I didn't have because I felt like being a certain religion meant I was different or separate, which is something I've kind of seen all over the world where when I when you become a part of a thing, whether that be religion or not, you know, just some sort of entity, you're separating yourself and you kind of lose, you know, my, for me, the most important thing is kind of losing the, the things that make us different. And it's more important for me to feel that, you know, to be a part of everyone around me. So I don't really, I have a very different view than I did as a kid, you know? And I think once people start to see that, it, it really doesn't matter what you say you are or what you do. It's, it is all about what you do, you know? But isn't that the greatest thing that, that travel gives us and <clears throat> yeah. why so many more people should do it? 
Yeah. And when you hear the things like maybe like 30 to 35 percent of Americans even have a passport. Yeah. No. And you're going, oh, we would be so much better off. Yeah. If you just got around a little, you got to step out of the country a little bit sometimes and really know that we're not that different. No, we're, and, that, and that's the one, the major thing that you, you do learn is we aren't, no one's different. I mean, we're all people. And you start seeing that, you know, I could be in, in the Middle East in Jordan and there could be a Muslim person sitting next to me and like we could have everything in common. But what maybe separates us even Clothing doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Like, I, it's when you start taking yourself out of the things that make you different or separate you from the rest of the world and you just start thinking of yourself as an equal to everyone around you, then your whole life changes. I mean, that's, that's the biggest, like, mental shift you could possibly have. Well, and what... I, go ahead. I was just... I, that's, that's one of the things, I mean, that's obviously changed a lot from my childhood is, like, just expansion of my my mental like you know world you know the, the metaphorical world that we all live in within ourselves it's just something that you grow you grow a lot well uh, if you want to plug any kind of uh, website or charity <laughs> or anything while you're here you can okay. now's the time <laughs> um well my blog is the blonde abroad.com the blonde abroad um, yeah the blonde abroad the blonde abroad the blonde not a the okay <laughs> um yeah, I mean, that's right now I'm just kind of working on a few things to get through the rest of the year. And then there's some exciting new stuff coming up. Um, a lot of new projects. <laughs> so uh, now can people, uh, is there something that they can like click on that maybe they can support the charities or they can um, yeah, just, sponsor I mean, you in some right way? Right now, I mean, spot, I mean please email <laughs> Donations. me. At, <laughs> By the way, I'm looking for sponsors yeah, if anybody's if listening. If you do, if you're looking to sponsor me or if you are interested <laughs> in sending me around the world, <coughs> uh, <laughs> please contact me. Um, no, I mean, the the charitable side of things, I usually just sort of announce upcoming opportunities and you can subscribe to my newsletter or like, you know, follow me on Facebook or Twitter. All of it's the Blonde Abroad, you know, but um, those are, I, I update these things way too much, you know, <laughs> I'm like <laughs> so involved with, you know, keeping people up to date, but it's exciting. We're in a really exciting generation and it's, it's, you know, it's really cool to feel so connected to people you don't even know from all over the world, you know, so. What's your ultimate goal for the <laughs> website? What do you want to do with it? Um, I've kept the, the, the blog completely ad-free and, and the, the blog itself is is completely authentic. I want to keep it that way. It's just, it's my stories. It's, you know, it's, it's me. Um, the brand itself is something that that's part of my business, you know, um, I do social media marketing consulting. So a lot of my travels, I work with other companies and tourism boards, um, which is a really cool, exciting opportunity. Um, but my main my main goal actually is television. That's sort of my next big thing. So you may see me, you may see the blonde abroad on a, on a channel, you know, coming to you. No, um, but like hosting, I'd love to host a show or have my own television series or something. So... Who knows? Who knows? We'll see what's up my sleeve later. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being yeah, here. Yeah, of course. This was fun. This was Did fun. Did you have a good time? I had a great time. Oh, whew. that's it. <laughs> I always wonder, you know, I don't know if people say that, but, you know, but uh, no, it was great meeting you. you I'm glad well. you could do it. No, it's, thank you for having me. Kirsten Rich, everybody. It's theblondeabroad.com. <laughs> Thanks. Did I say it right, Kirsten? You did. Okay. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Oh! <laughs>